As we continue to take inventory, we're going to look at skill positions on our offense. We'll do it in this bye week here on Locked On Jaguars. You are Locked On Jags, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening, good people? Welcome to the Daily Locked On Jaguars podcast. I am your host of Locked On Jaguars, Tony Wiggins. We thank you for making us your first listen, reminding you that it's your team every day. And we are free on all platforms. Wherever you get your podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, and on the YouTube page, also like and subscribe. You'll never have to pay for it, like I said. Your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen. Today's episode of Locked On Jaguars is brought to you and presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Been taking inventory all week, man, about taking an opportunity to look at the Jaguars roster and uh, see where they are on a macro level. We know where they are on the standings, and that's three and seven with uh, seven games to go and just trying to get an understanding of, okay, they got some tough games down the stretch. What if it ends this way a little bit? Who's going to be here? Who? And I think that's what they have to do coming out of the break. I did a uh, – podcast last night with with my man Mike Patton of touring the AFC South and one of the things he asked me was okay what's the Jags going to do out of the bye week and I said uh they're going to play Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens and uh reality hits home that it's a game they're likely not to win even though they're going to try and we're going to hope they win it but they're unlikely to win that game and that would mean that they'll be three and eight and they have Dallas at some point two games against Tennessee, they could easily see double-digit losses with some games left to play in in the regular season. I think the only game they're probably going to be favored to win is Houston, and then they have a tough game against Detroit, which is really going to be a way for them to measure exactly where they are against another team with an identical record. So it's, it's not a lot to be optimistic about, so we've been looking at little pieces and parts of this team and pointing out some silver lining in things that you can look forward to. One good thing I'll tell you is that Trevor Lawrence has played really, really well uh, over the last two weeks. He's been one of the seven or eight best quarterbacks in the National Football League. They've won one of those games, and they've lost one of those games. We're going to talk about him tomorrow. Today, we're going to talk about his buddies, the running mates on the skill positions that's running back and wide receiver. Yesterday, we did the silver lining first. I'll do that again today. The silver lining now is the fact that they acquired uh, Christian Kirk, and a lot of people talked about his contract and said the Jaguars ruined the wide receiver market. Well, the Jags get the last laugh on that. Christian Kirk is likely headed towards what I believe is going to be a career year. Statistically, he's gotten into the end zone. He has been one of those guys that Trevor could really count on. Um, he's had some big games. 
He's had a couple of games where he wasn't, you know, that much of a factor. He had a couple of drops. But for the most part, anyone that you talk to that's watched this team closely will tell you that Christian Kirk has been worth the money, at least statistically. Now, he's not quite paid like a number one wide receiver. He's paid like a 1B or 2, a number two wide receiver. The good thing is, is they're going to get their number one wide receiver next year on the cheap because they got Calvin Ridley. He's going to cost him like $11 million as long as he gets reinstated by Commissioner Goodell. We, we all know that Calvin Ridley missed all season because of a, a gambling suspension. Um, that is so funny that the irony is that he got suspended. Betting that his old team, the Falcons, is going to beat the Jaguars last year. Well, the hope is that he'll get reinstated and he'll come in and he'll be the typical number one receiver that he was when he was in Atlanta after Julio Jones started to get injured. And that will enable Christian Kirk to fall into his role as a number two. I fully expect him to be reinstated. I fully expect him to pick up where he left off as a player. He was not injured. He was just out. And we've seen guys who have been injured come back from uh, being missing, missing time and not miss a beat. So, you know, as long as he stayed in shape, which I believe he probably has, the Jacks get a number one receiver for what's probably going to end up amounting to a third and a, and a fifth round pick after it's all said and done. Great move, great trade by the organization. Even if they were headed to the playoffs, would have still been a great move. If if you, I don't know why other teams didn't do it. I don't know why some of these really, really good teams didn't, for the compensation that that is, and for who he is as a player, this was like a no-brainer. And I didn't think about it, and it wasn't on my conscience, but it's a great addition to the Jaguars. And what that means is they're now not pressed, even though I'd still probably look more into the wide receiver market probably in the draft and get me a young guy that can high point balls, but there's no rush and they don't have to, and there's no desperation for it like there was without him being acquired. So that's a good thing. The other thing is with Zay Jones, Zay Jones, if you ask me, has underachieved when it, in, in terms of what they paid for, which is about 8 million bucks a year. But he has not been bad. In fact, he's been very decent. So what he's going to end up being is a number three receiver who's overpaid a little bit. But um, he's still a good football player who gets open, who who does some nice things. And uh, asking him to do that in that specific role that he'll be next year, they'll be fine. You notice I'm looking ahead. I'm looking ahead to next year. I would like Zay and, and Christian to really put a stamp on exactly what I just said that they're capable of and make sure that they have cemented themselves, especially don't you don't want them to get hurt, but they've cemented themselves as, look, we're going to be the number two and number three when that other kid gets here. So wide receiver will not be a need uh, next year. I do think, like I said, they need to get some more people and develop them a little bit, kind of like that Pascal kid is in Philly with all of that speed, even though Philly has two, starting wide receivers, they still have another guy that they can count on. And uh, it's always good to have someone in development. I would look to have someone to groom after Zay Jones' second season. That's what I would do. Look for that type of guy and maybe a guy with a little bit of a different body type than the guys you have now on the team. Uh, but just get a good football player at that position. What we're going to do is, in segment two, 
I know y'all want to talk running backs. We're going to talk running backs in the third segment because that's a bright spot. I'm going to put him in with the silver lining. And by him, I mean Travis Etienne. I want to talk the importance of a tight end. I did a show a few weeks back saying how bad the Jaguars needed a tight end. I want to talk a little bit about that in segment uh, number two uh, as we continue to go through uh, the inventory of what the Jaguars are, who they are, and what they have to do for the rest of the year to make sure that um, what we see them doing is what we can actually expect next season. So at least give Trent Barkley, no matter if you like him as a GM or not, it'll at least give him a little bit of a chance to to at least have a clear uh, path and a clear way and a clear mind when it's time for him to start building the team. So we'll get into the tight end here in segment two in just a second on Locked on Jaguars. First, I have to let you know that today's sponsor of this edition of Locked on Jaguars is Blue Nile. As the original online jeweler, Blue Nile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly significantly below traditional retailers. Now, this is for all of the guys that want to mark time with uh, a piece, an individual custom piece of jewelry or ring for your significant other. There's nothing like marking time with a ring from Blue Nile because they've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Their easy online tools let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then help you handcraft her perfect one-of-a-kind engagement ring. If you're looking for a piece of jewelry to commemorate a special milestone but have trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. Make your moment sparkle with Blue Nile. Go to BlueNile.com and use the code Locked On. That's right, BlueNile.com. Your promo code is Locked On to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. That's B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E dot com. Locked on to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. BlueNile.com, promo code Locked On. This episode is also sponsored by Tommy John. Let me tell you something, man. There's nothing more uncomfortable than having a bad pair of underwear that you bought that has crazy, ugly stitching in it, right? No, man, getting stuck in Black Friday crowds with said things can be super uncomfortable, right? Shopping Tommy John's Black Friday sale from your couch, super duper comfortable. When you give your loved ones Tommy John, they're that much more comfortable so you can do everything better. Shop Tommy John's Black Friday sale right now and give the gift of comfort to everyone on your list, including yourself, with brand new Tommy John underwear, loungewear, and pajamas with over 18 million pairs sold giving tommy john has become a holiday tradition 97 percent of women and men love getting a gift from tommy john that's why tommy john doesn't have customers they have fanatics here's what you need to do shop tommy john's black friday sale going on right now and get 30 percent off site-wide at tommyjohn.com slash locked on 30% off everything now at tommyjohn.com slash locked on. It's tommyjohn.com slash locked on. See site for details. All righty, man. Segment two here on Locked On Jaguars, rolling along, doing our inventory 
talking about the skill positions. Let's get to tight end, which is a very important skill position in the Doug Peterson offense, in the quote-unquote Andy Reid offense, in the quote-unquote West Coast offense. And Evan Ingram, who is currently the tight end on the team, has been okay. He hasn't been bad for $10 million a year. You wonder if he's done enough. I think at times it's not all his fault. I think when uh, things for this offense bogs down, everybody kind of looks like they're bogged down. But he's been just okay. And I think for this particular offense, with this role being so big, he absolutely has to be better than okay. Dan Arnold has had his moments, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, uh, really has a nice catch radius, will make a big play every three games. Good. Keep him on the roster. That ain't what you're looking for either. Or down in and down out bases. Chris Manhurts is what Chris Manhurts is. He's a blocker. That's about it. And I really hate when they throw him wide receiver screens because it's like somebody throwing a wide receiver screen to my Uncle Bruce. Uh, he ain't going to run very much. Shout out to Uncle Bruce, by the way, who was a seaman finisher for 40 years with bad knees. And uh, he ain't going to be running down, you know, the field if you throw in the ball either. So my point is, is they need a dynamic tight end. And I look around the league and I see guys that are snatching the ball out of the air, running down the field for all of these other teams. And I'm wondering, how come the Jaguars almost seemingly never in their history have had a really, really, really good, no pun, shout out to Mercedes Lewis, but I mean a really, really, really good dynamic tight end. You saw Travis Kelsey last week. You saw Travis Kelsey's backup, number 84, whatever his name was. He caught a touchdown last week. But for some reason, the Jaguars don't ever seem to be able to find a consistent weapon at that tight end position. I know everybody says Travis Kelsey. I don't need Travis Kelsey. That's a little bit overkill. I take him. You can give me Dallas Goddard or Mark Andrews, and I know you're like, duh, I take them too. But all my point is, is you don't need this uh, otherworldly tight end that looks like he was made in a lab somewhere. You just need one who is not labeled a blocking tight end or a move tight end. They're just labeled a football player, and they do it all. When they're in the game, you can't tell if they're in there to block or if they're in there to catch passes. You don't need these poker tails like, okay, you got a move tight end in there. He can't block. Okay, they're throwing. And you got a blocking tight end in there. Nine times out of ten, they're running. How about you just put a football player out there and you line him up and no one knows what he's going to do. And those linebackers and those safeties are scratching their head trying to figure it out. That's the matchup nightmare that you want. And that's the matchup nightmare that the Jaguars need. Now, I know everybody's in love with that tight end from Notre Dame. We ain't doing too much advanced scouting on guys. But if y'all like who I like, I want y'all to watch this kid named Musgrave who is at Oregon State. That's the one to me that fits the bill. The, the, the kid at Ohio, uh, Notre Dame is going to cost you an early first round pick. I don't want them to use a first round pick on the tight end, but I wouldn't mind him using a second round pick on one, especially if he can play like that kid at Oregon State. I don't know if there's going to be one out there in free agency because the type of people I'm talking about usually get locked in and locked down. There'll be some guys out there sort of like that, but yeah, the Jaguars, they, they really, really do need a tight end specifically for this offense and this coach. Now, I know what everybody wants to get to. They want to get to the running back situation. So I'm going to do it. 
and I'm going to get to it too because this is the silver lining. Uh, I know it's a short segment, but we're going to get to the silver lining part of this t- today's episode. When we're talking about the role players, and then I'll put it all in a nutshell what we really want to see these guys do down the stretch. I have to let you know that we appreciate you making Locked On Jaguars your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Third final segment coming up here in just a minute. We're going to talk about everybody, one of everybody's favorite players, Travis Etienne, and the rest of the running back court. We'll do it. In just a second, here on Locked On Jaguars, to tell you guys about Bet Online, man. Bet Online is the absolute truth because it's the number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. I want to talk about a lot of these young rookies or young second-year players in the NBA. They put up all these numbers, but are they helping their team win? Shagilgis Alexander is definitely doing that for SGA, as they call him. He's doing that for Oklahoma. You can read up on what he is doing and all of his exploits at BetOnline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online is where the game starts. And you start here with us here on Locked on Jaguars every single day, and we are eternally grateful for that, making us your first listen, reminding you that we are free on all platforms because it's your team every day. Now, as we were discussing, I got to get to it, uh, Travis Etienne. This is the silver lining. He is a superstar, right? So you look at the the running backs, and I know everyone was upset about the team letting go James Robinson. I believe there's more to that story than anyone is telling us. And the one thing I've noticed about Doug Peterson, everything that he says is a need-to-know basis. He knows more. I remember he said in the press conference, I was standing right there, he knows more about this than we do, and he's not going to tell us. I think James is banged up a little bit. I think James Robinson wanted more than they were willing to give him. I think they clearly saw that Travis Etienne was better. And I know a lot of people didn't agree with that early on. I think you've seen it over the last three weeks that he's better. And I think sometimes when you're a competitor, like a guy like James Robinson, you ain't buying it, especially when you as a rookie went over 11, 1200 yards and were considered one of the 10 best players in the league that season at your position. Maybe the other kid is better. And I think he is. And maybe there's more to the story, and that's why they moved on, because they knew they were not going to resign James Robinson. By the way, we got to keep track over the next seven weeks if he's going to get to that 600-yard mark. Uh, I think he had 260 yards to go to see if the Jaguars at least can upgrade the sixth-round pick to a fifth, which is ridiculous. I thought it should have been a fifth that would be upgraded to a fourth. But in any event, the silver lining is that Right now, and I'm going to say it, I think Travis Etienne is one of the 10 best running backs in the NFL. I think he is that absolutely that dangerous. He's starting now to run behind his pads more than just running with his legs because really it looked like every time, 
It looked like he stepped on a grenade every time he got tackled. It looked like he was about to fall apart. And I think he just had to start lowering his pad level a little bit and playing behind his pads and not thinking that everything was going to be a home run. But the Jaguars are in really, really good shape with him. When you start thinking about explosiveness, if they get a good tight end to go with Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, and Travis Etienne, there will be no excuses at all for Trevor Lawrence. None. Especially if the offensive line that we chronicled yesterday uh, makes the uh, notable upgrades and the development of Luke Fortner, and if they re-sign uh, Jawan Taylor, no excuses whatsoever. Jamichael Hasty, besides that one big run he had in Indy, he hasn't shown much. I liked him when I was surprised when he was cut from the 49ers, and maybe that's what they were looking at too. That's the pro personnel staff was saying he's pretty good and because the 49ers have a really good backfield, but – I haven't seen much. Snoop Connor uh, is on a milk carton. They drafted him in the fifth round. I haven't seen much from him either. So, yeah, from a depth perspective, they're hurting a little bit. I would not be surprised if if they don't if those two guys don't show as much down the stretch if the Jaguars do use an extra fourth-round pick that they have or a third-round pick. Can you imagine if they got somebody like Devin A-Chain in the third round from Texas A&M? Or could you imagine – if they got that kid from Florida, the one that transferred in from Louisiana, that's running all up and down in the third round. Could you imagine if they had used a fourth-round pick on a guy that they absolutely said they loved in Damian Pierce and had him as a backup? I get it. You don't want those guys too close to each other. But they would be a one-two punch that would be hard to stop. So if you don't think a team can have two really good backs like that, <laughs> look at San Francisco. The Elijah Mitchell kid comes off IR and actually has more carries than Christian uh, McCaffrey. I think that's the sort of league that we're in right now. Remember when Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl in Philly? Three backs touched the ball more than twice in the first quarter. So they're going to spread it around a little bit, and it's not going to prevent Travis Etienne from getting his 18 touches a game. So Jermichael Hasty needs to show or Snoop Connor needs to show they need to do everything they can to keep Doug Peterson from wanting to give the ball to Jamal Agnew and let Agnew be just a slot guy and a, and a return guy. So I'm going to count Jamal Agnew as one of the skill position guys too because he's also an offensive weapon. He's like a Swiss Army knife. The silver lining is I think they're going to be all right in that area, and you can always get you a good back or a decent back as long as they can evaluate it properly. They can get them a decent back in the third or fourth round to be uh, another backup. Some might want a guy with more size, a big, more physical running back, and that's fine if that's what you want for short yard situations. But overall, I think the skill position mainly because we know that as long as he's still not gambling and doing whatever, we know Calvin Ridley's coming. And we've seen the upside of uh, Travis Etienne, and we've seen what Christian Kirk can do without a viable threat on the other side. And when he gets a viable threat, they do need to get another tight end, though. So uh, down the stretch, what I think they need to do is guys need to show and prove that they're exactly what I say they are. And if there's going to be somebody else that will emerge, one of the younger receivers, if Jones is going to play and, and start to say, hey, I want to be in the conversation for number three, they need to start showing that right now down the stretch so the Jaguars know exactly what they have going into next season. I'll do Trevor Lawrence tomorrow as we go into the weekend, which is a bye week. Trevor Lawrence, and then I'll put everything in a nutshell about what the Jaguars need to do as we took inventory 
coming into next week, what they need to do for the next seven games to show who they are and what they have in the tank for next season. Until the next episode, which is tomorrow, you guys take care of each other, and I'll see you here on Locked on Jaguars.